And when you are an athlete, when you are an entertainer, this is a gift that you're given. And so if you're given this amazing gift, much is required from you. And so it's not about you anymore. It's about you taking care of that gym that you're actually given. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now, it's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. We are joined today with Alakisha S. O'Kelly, who is a certified NFL agent and Atlanta-based sports entertainment and business attorney. She is the founder and principal attorney of E. O'Kelly Sports Entertainment and Business Law Firm, LLC. She has been involved in sports and entertainment for more than 25 years. As a former professional track and field runner, she coached on a collegiate level and has experienced all ends of the spectrum, solidifying her personal knowledge as an athlete, entertainer, and businesswoman. Within the first two years of launching her law firm, she has presented prominent athletes in sports and represented prominent athletes in entertainment and small businesses who were looking for someone to trust and understand outside of just being an attorney. Her list of clientele includes none other than world-class athlete Christian Coleman, U.S. number one sprinter, Shanalina Palmer, film TV producer, and Makisha Williamson, author and film writer. Just to name very few, right? She is passionate and empowered about empowering athletes beyond the game and understands their power within. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, stump your feet, clap your hands for Alakisha S. O'Kelly. I know where they and the energies. I love the beats. I love the color. I love your vibe. How are you doing, officially? How are you doing, Alakisha? I am blessed. I am doing so awesome. I cannot complain. I'm doing even more amazing because I am on here with you all. Female power and game beyond the game. I mean, can't more than that on a Tuesday evening. Hey, on a on a Tuesday, I appreciate. And listen, I gotta ask you this: you know, Did you match your your earphones with your outfit with the back of the room? Is that on purpose? Is that all premeditated? And it's not. I'm just aligned. I'm just I stay aligned. I got it. It's <laughs> a little coordination. She coordinated. <laughs> you know, when, they, they say, when you got it, you got it. That's just what it is. <laughs> Yo, this vibe is so important, and it's amazing to have you. Thank you. And I just want to jump into some things, especially given, let's say, this bizarre period in time that we're living in, uh, whether it be social unrest or, you know, pandemic stuff going on. It's an important time for people to grow. And from what I understand, professional and personal development is a, is a huge piece of what you do and how you do it. So explain that. Why is that? How is and why is personal development so important to you? Why is that important? It's, it's necessary. It's like breath, right? So my breath, to breathe, to live. I need breath, personal development. I need to live. Everything grows because the world continues. The axis, we circle around. Everything grows. So if we do not personally develop, we're not just standing still. We're, we're be left behind. So personal development is essential. 
to our living. And so every day, every minute, every second, every hour, I'm always developing, even in my sleep, because I meditate before I go to sleep. So whatever really? has to be given to me in my sleep, I'm also developing. So it is essential. Do you find that meditating before you go to sleep helps you rest better? It does. So it depends. So there's different types of meditations, right? So there's different meditations I do. And if I'm doing one that's like mindlessness, then I do. It's just letting go. It's not trying to have any affirmation, any thought. It's literally just letting go and realigning. And I have awesome sleep. Yeah, that's amazing. Because I know sometimes people find the word, let's say, meditation a bit intimidating. So they're like, I don't I don't know how to do this. So that was a very simple definition and understanding of how one can just meditate and be one with themselves as they kind of drift off into resting and so forth. Mm. Well, man, Elakisha, you, you came out the gate swinging, you know, like, man, it's just, just it's so powerful. But who is Elakisha? Who is Elakisha? Yes. Elakisha is a woman of God, the almighty universe that's here to let it emerge through me to do what I'm supposed to do. All of my platforms are forms of activism. So I am an activist in everything that I do. And my activism is to advocate for us to move forward as society, as a community, and as a world. Wow. If you, if, if I can ask you to expound on that, because you said that with such confidence, such passion, with such love and such grace. And that's something that folks struggle, even people who have played at the highest level from a confidence standpoint, struggle with expressing themselves and their gift in that way. So how do you build that? What could you tell them to help them build that kind of confidence to live within the greatness that, that is them or that they're trying to be? Listening, being receptive. So I think for me, my confidence came through all of my trials and tribulations, all of my experiences and listening in them because in them there's messages and it's telling me who I am. It's not me trying to figure out who I am. It's me listening to. So it's a discovery process in my journey. And so I just started to learn to listen to who I am, whose I am and what I am here for. And once I started listening, it was easier for me to articulate it and to actually live it. Who I am Who's I am? <laughs> Yo, I'm can't listen. You got bars. I'm paying attention just so we're clear. I'm locked <laughs> in. Bars. My client is going to like that. I got to tell my client, just Kayla, I got bars. Bar exam. Bar exam. <laughs> <laughs> you got to let them know. Yo, th that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that piece because it's not always easy for folks to articulate like what, how can I, how can I find this piece of me that helps me shine a little bit brighter and uh, things like that with folks understanding the simple things to help them rise above the noise of everything going on. It really is a simple thing. So a lot of times we, you know, curse our experiences. We ask a lot of times, why me? Why not? So for me, I started again, really listening. And it tells me, we start to listen. We're being taught. We're students. We're students. Life is a teacher. And we're even students about who we are. And once we start listening in all of our experiences, We'll get closer to who that person is and what we're supposed to do. Wow. So if you don't mind me asking, you know, there was obviously track standout athlete, Alakisha. At what point did you decide, hey, I wanna I wanna do this? You know, I'm gonna be Esquire, you know, attorney Alakisha, and I'm gonna do what helped inspire you to make that particular transition? And was it a comfortable one? It was a comfortable one. I know this is gonna sound so cliche. But it chose me, right? So 
throughout my journey of, of being an athlete, even prior to that, being an athlete collegiately, I should say, I've always been on this journey of using everything that I have, every resource, every tool that I have to make my life better, to make my family life better. And so I knew that being an athlete was just a means and not an end. And being an athlete, I always used those doors that it opened to sit and talk longer with my coaches, sit and talk longer with all different types of people. So I was more of a student focusing on that. It's like, oh, but I got to go compete. So for me, I've always been that business minded person, really paying attention to, you know, how I need to grow in that area. And track allowed for me to just travel the world, to meet new people, to expand. So for me, that's always been the seed. But um, once I graduated and I started competing professionally, I wasn't just helping myself. At one point, I, would, I went through like three managers, I believe, until I decided, you know what, I want to manage myself. You know, I, I know what I want. And I started managing myself and really, really focused on the business side and started helping also some of my training partners and colleagues as well. And I, for me, I, I felt more of a more gratitude in doing that. So I think I tapped in very early that I was using my feet to do something way bigger um, because there's a lot of struggles that's going to come in the book. A lot of struggles I was dealing with, even with using my feet, traveling as a single mom, um, sometimes traveling with little money in my pocket because when you deal with track and field and you deal with your managers, even the money you get, you won't see that until you come home. And a lot of times they're deducting that before you even come home. So there's a lot that I was learning and growing from even competing. And so once I learned all I need to learn on, on that side, I actually uh, decided to take a little break from track and field. Um, this was after having my son take a little break. And I wanted to just do some stuff on my own, build my own company and do some stuff on my own. Then I got a phone call from someone and said, look, you know, there's an amazing opportunity open for a head coach at um, an amazing HBCU to run all four programs and your name came in a hat. And I was like, uh, do I do it? I said, well, you know what? I think so. I think I should do this because it's going to be a whole nother experience. And so when I took that position, it wasn't a whole nother experience. I started seeing a whole nother side of athletes who just needed doors open, who just needed assistance um, to just change, change your life, you know, times 10 of what I was doing. And so that's what I did when I took that job at HBCU. Then when I seen all the business stuff, I started saying, you know what? I, I need a bigger platform. I need a bigger table. I'm going to build it because they need, they need a bigger voice. And from there, I decided, you know, I'm going to go and get that paper and build my table that would. And that's what I did. And it's been growing ever since. Congratulations. Man, man, man. You, missed, you mentioned so many jewels in there. Like, we, we had an opportunity to speak before this. And... Where are you originally originally from? I am born and raised Albany, New York. <laughs> Albany, New York. Yes. So one of the things that stood out for me is when you said um, your transition um, from leaving Albany, New York to to wow. the college that you went to, which was what? University of South Carolina. Game University of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and so how was that transition? How, you know, how was it um, leaving, coming from North? and going down south. Okay, so let me back up a little bit because when I was up north, <clears throat> um, I became a child, I had my, got pregnant with my daughter. 
I okay. had a scholarship offer to go to Seton Hall University. Seton Hall, okay. Seton Hall University was my scholarship offer. Then I found out I was pregnant. Um, the head coach at that time said, well, come down the end of January. Now, mind you, she was due beginning of January. So for me, that just wasn't going to work. So I had to make a big decision, and I decided to forfeit that scholarship. And I just believed that the doors weren't going to be closed. So I had my daughter. I trained. Everybody would see me run all around the city. I worked out. I just ran, 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 ran. And then an opportunity came at the University of Albany. Um, it was called EOP. An opportunity was for individuals who did well academically but was struggling financially. And uh, I, I sat down as a 20-year-old as a and talked to every head person in the department to get that opportunity. And fast forward and landed me at University of Albany. I was a walk-on on the track team. The coach already knew me. He, he knew me already. But I had my feet had to reprove my worth, and it did. And I had a great um, two years there, but I, you know, needed another level. And I reached out to certain Division One schools. All of them got back to me. Um, but at the University of South Carolina, the coach told me, said, you know what? We'll take you on a team, but you got to find your way down here. I don't think Coach Fry thought I was going to find my way down. <laughs> but I had that U-Haul and my daughter to my mom to come with me. And we drove down to South Carolina. And I went to that office. And from there, they were like, she's real. She's she's real. She wants it. Then on, that was it. So it was a whole whole culture shock for me. Though. I mean, when I get from up north to the south, I used to wear my hair down and press it. I mean, I mean, everything was just different. It was a different type of heat, different type of lifestyle, um, training. But it was everything that I needed. I needed to be in that environment to um, actually be stretched. Wow, everything that you needed, which is amazing for you to mention that part. A lot of folks focus on what they want, not what they necessarily need. So this is a quick follow-up question to that piece. You know, as, as Prince stated, you know, culture shock, you say the culture shock. And what it, for those folks that don't want to leave home or are afraid to leave home, because there could be so much opportunity just if they're willing, what can you tell them in a sentence or two? You know, like, what? because there are athletes watching this right now where I come across this, they're like, I don't want to go home. Like the drawbridge is going to go up right when they leave. What are a couple of things that you can tell them to, let's say, ease their, their, their worries or their anxiety about leaving home? Um, to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, yeah, so, you did that. Okay. Uh, as an athlete, and this is why I tell my clients as well, because as I represent them as an attorney, I said, understand that that's just a tad to let you know what my capability and skill is. What, I'm, what I am representing is your gift. And when you are an athlete, when you are an entertainer, this is a gift that you're given. And so if you're given this amazing gift, much is required from you. And so it's not about you anymore. It's about you taking care of that gem that you're actually given. And so we have to move in ways that we have to move. We have to go through things that we have to go through when we are bestowed with this actual gift because there's something that's supposed to be opened through that gift and it stays closed if we do not do it. So it's, it's not a question if and should, it's you got to do it. Well, I, I was certainly going to mention the word queen, a true queen. Then I looked down in the comment section, someone watching uh, Shanitha from Houston, Jojo, says that uh, a true queen and a mother athlete 
and appreciate what you're saying right now as well. So your words are certainly being heard by highways and byways. So thank you for the jewels you've dropped already. Thank you. Cool. But uh, if, if you want to ask a question, make sure you do hashtag ask. Please ask her any question that you want to ask her because she is dropping jewels all day, every day. And they cannot be exonerated. So here we go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to jump a little deeper if you don't mind because I know you've been, you've been busy. You do a lot of work. And obviously you've been doing some some writing. You know, so I'd like for us to let's chat about, you know, code versus code. You know, the street code versus a legal code. What inspired that book and what does it mean? What can folks get out of it? Code versus code. Teach us. Absolutely. Well, the first inspiration was myself and my experience, as I mentioned, as an athlete and learning the business side. And one thing that I learned very quickly, especially being a student of the sport, is not many of us was on that side. Um, when I say of us, I'm speaking of people that are black. I'm speaking of people that are women. I'm speaking of just athletes. We just stay, and pun intended, because I'm an athlete, in our lane, right? We feel like our lane is just to be here and to just compete when there's every everyone else is making a great living, um, having a lot of great things going on because of our gifts. And we're just there, just entertaining. And for me... It's way bigger than that. When I got a chance to get on the other side and I seen the leverage I had because of my gift and a door that it opened up way many, way more doors than being an athlete, I bit the bug. And then I started seeing other people who just focused on that and put everything, all their trust in all these other people and their lives were turned upside down. And they're the ones who have the actual service or the product. They are the CEO. But I found a lot of times that we would look and we would be in awe with all these people in the brick and mortars and what they're driving, with their lifestyle. But you funded that. That's, yeah. that's you. Yeah. So my, my thing was I always said I was going to write a book. When this happened, that's why I said there's always gems and everything. If you sit and just be still. When this happened, it was my big aha. This is the moment to do it. All the social injustices, all the things that's going on. We find ourselves asking a lot instead of demanding. We were, we find ourselves in a position of begging instead of, of instructing. And I said, well, this is the time. Entertainment and sports are powerful platforms. Wow. That effectuates change. Yes. And I know a lot of times we tell people, just play, just sing. I'm a history person too. We won't go into history, but historically, when we think of our major icons, there were always some type of entertainer or athlete side by side that pushed that initiative forward. James Brown had to come and calm down crowds. Mm. Okay, Billy, uh, Harry Billy Fonte. So we can go on Muhammad Ali. We go on and on. It, our, that has always been our platforms given to make sure that change is, is seen through. And so for me, I said, I'm gonna write this book so that way I can empower athletes and entertainers and entrepreneurs on areas that we have to be strengthening, intellectual property, rights to privacy, and contracts. Those are the four areas, and I say four, intellectual property is um, trademark and copyright. Those are the four areas where we lose it all. 
and everybody else gains it. So I'm coming in in layman terms, empowering all of us on what we need to know so we can take it to the next level. Wow, wow, wow. That is value. You're adding value to people's lives. And that is invaluable. When you when you can add value to people's lives, that becomes an invaluable prop, property, you know, and that's in your possession. So, like, that's amazing. Oh, Alakisha, just just so empowering. It's so empowering, man. We have a comment for the from from the the audience, and it's Lebelis Padilla. She says, as a strong female athlete and having a mindset to transition to now being an attorney, how did you overcome the mental hurdles that women often have, such as imposter syndrome or doubts or other microaggressions being a woman but also being a woman of color absolutely start with the microaggressions first bring it on my thing is my experience as an athlete those were skills that were home right so everything that i had to go through as an athlete the blood sweat and tears you have doubt as an athlete, no matter how much you train. I can have an amazing week of training, but then when competition comes, you start to think, oh, is it all gonna, it's gonna happen? Is the shoot the gun, is gonna happen in 12.8 seconds, it's gonna go right. So you start to learn, you use all of your platforms to hone who you are and the inside of who you are. And I use my platform as an athlete to hone who I am. And I dealt with all those things that you asked about as an athlete before anything else. Um, So as a female in sports, there was microaggression, dealing with different coaches. I had all male coaches. I didn't have any female coaches. Um, A lot of them were absolutely amazing, though. But there's some things that, you know, innately that happens without sometimes people thinking. So there's a lot of things I just had experience. And I just have tough skin. Um, I had to have tough skin, even when I decided, like I said, when I uh, became a child and I had to make that decision that I wasn't going to become a statistic. When I made that decision, because automatically people thought I was going to be a statistic, a a young black woman. Here she goes. She got pregnant before she went anyway. I had to defy all odds. And to defy all odds, I had to already start honing those skills. And they just got perfected being an athlete. Man, that is so awesome. Like, I, I, I love what you're speaking about. I love what you're saying. Um, I'm As you're talking, I'm, I'm looking at your books in the background. I'm just like, wow, she's, she's so enlightened. And one of my books that I I pointed out is The Seat of the Soul. Ooh, <laughs> and that was one of my favorite books. Um, but speaking of favorite books, I want to say your book seems, sounds phenomenal and it seems phenomenal. And I have one as well. We had a chance to talk about, you know, the importance of mindfulness and meditation. Um, Now, I've been stressing this for at least 10 to 11 years. And now we're starting to get athletes to start to listen more. Uh, Whenever you work with your clients, do you always uh, recommend that they practice mindfulness and meditation? Um, and the reason why I ask that is because a lot of times um, um, when when athletes are making this transition, they have a hard time dealing with, with the most powerful thing that they have, and it's their mind. You know, because it's like, could I have done something better? Did I do this? What did I do wrong? Or did I leave the game when I wanted to? Or how, how you know, did I leave it on my own terms? So can you speak a little bit about mindfulness? Absolutely. With mindfulness. So it depends on my client, mm-hmm. how I bring it to them. 
Because as uh, Stan mentioned, some people go, ooh, you know, with certain things. So it's just how you bring it to them. So I might not say, oh, you need to meditate. But I will say, you need to align yourself. Mm. You need to become one mind. You need to visualize and affirm what it is that you are trying to get. What you're saying that you want, you have to affirm it internally first. Um, and they feel that from me. I let, I do not take on every client. So this is where I am different, right? A lot of people will say they got into entertainment and sports and legal, signing wherever they can. No, I have consultations and we speak to see if there's a great fit. Because my thing is, I cannot represent someone that's against my thoughts, that's against my principles. And part of my principles are you have to believe and know, believe in yourself and know your value. If you do not do that, I can't negotiate fame. I don't go and try to negotiate fame in a contract. What I negotiate is economic inclusion and ownership. And if that's not something that you're interested in, there's tons of other attorneys for you to find. So I speak about you have to first, if it's going to be a mental, this is a mental game, you have to be mentally strong. So everything is going to stem from here. I have to talk about mindfulness and alignment. Because the only way that you're going to go in and not be rocked is to understand the mindfulness and to actually be aligned. Ooh, that's so beautiful. Now, you mentioned, okay, I've already spoke about value, but you mentioned value. But, like, how do people figure out, like, what's my value? How do they figure out how valuable they are? The same way the other side figured that out just as quickly. Mm. So I, I tell people as they sit down and, and, and someone's ready to sign you, Let's just say 3.3 million. Well, you know you're worth more than that because they mm-hmm. to sit down and sign you. So let's look at it. It's not always just about the money. And so I sit down with my client and say, okay, they're dropping this money, but let's look at the totality of this contract. You have value of life. You have value of family. You have value of generational wealth and dependency. So what, how can this contract help you get closer to that? Money is just, it's currency of energy that circulates around. You have to make sure that you are grounded in so many other areas. Are you protected when it comes to insurance, to your body, all these other different things, your mind? Mm. Are those things included in this contract? It's not about what's in here. It's about what's not in here. So we have real conversations about how can this, we're playing chess. How does this contract help you move, make the the next move your best move? Not just right here. And a lot of us, because we've struggled so long, a lot of us are sometimes the first generation to break through, we're pushed to just accept things that look way better than at least we have. And so I'm here to put that little curveball in. You can have way better than what you had and then some. That's your value. The then sums where we sit down and talk about and you bring it to the table and don't, we're not going to waver on it. Bars, bars, bars. That's amazing as well because you mentioned again, like it's not what's in there, it's what's not in there. And I truly feel like obviously that speaks in this lane, but so many other lanes where people can negotiate other things that are important to them that somebody else isn't thinking about. So again, to your point even deeper and for folks watching and come across this or listen to this, the notion of what's not in here that could or should that I would really love to be in here Thing. Thank you for, for throwing that out there. It's, it's again, it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's these, the little things, 
the attention to detail that seems like sometimes people actually hope that you miss out on. Would you say that happens from time to time? Folks are like, ooh, I hope they don't see that part. Do you find that happening? Absolutely. I find that on one half. And on the other half, it's just industry practice. So a lot of times we come and shake things up because a lot of people who've just been doing things the same way just do things the same way. And it has benefited them. And they're not even thinking sometimes. Sometimes it's not intentional. It's literally just practice passed down on how they were able to win. So we come in and say, no, we need to think about this. And so negotiation is a, is a, is a total uh, expanded conversation. It's not about just, oh, I want to give you this opportunity. This is what we think about. Let's negotiate the numbers. No, we're going to push this conversation out. It's more than about the numbers. Like I said, it's we're spending that conversation on how do we help this person make the next move their best move. And all everything that we're doing is tied to the next thing that we do. So it's not just green. It's not just green. Awesome. Now, I feel like I have a couple more questions. I feel like, you know, some of these jewels are directly connected to street code versus legal code. But if you wouldn't mind, is it like what, one from the street code side that you could share from the book? I'm getting the book. And also one from the legal code. Would you mind or just one or half of one? Am I asking too much? If so, just let me know. You can let me down easy. And one thing I push on there, and even in street code versus legal code, I give a historical context before I can tell you where we at and where we need to go. I talk about why we're even here and why we think the way that we think. Because a lot of times that's just ignored. Um, so when I talk about the street code, for instance, it's just practice. And if the practice can start from home, I'm just going to use myself, for example, like we were just excited that I had scholarship offers. And the one thing you want to say is, look, I want my baby to be the first one to go to college. Get, go, go. And so the street code is just trust and just go and just take advantage of an opportunity. But the legal code says ignorance is not a defense. So if you just go and you don't know, what was you? And so when I talk about in the street code versus the legal code is understanding how we moved in the streets, how we how our practice have been, either, even just the handshake. A lot of times we just have conversations and the handshake used to go a long way. But the legal code says, I don't care about the handshake because if you both can't figure it out, I have to now make the decision. And if I have to make the decision, somebody's not going to be happy. So we can't operate in the street code all the time. I use professional athletes. I break down certain cases. I have cases in the book and put them in layman terms so we can bring to real life situation. And I talk about like Kawhi Leonard, all different types of things that happened where it was, you know, when things are good, when things are good between you and the other side, a lot of times you don't got your eyes across the teeth. Everybody is in love with each other. But when it breaks, when you break up and it's ugly, who followed the legal code in the beginning? Who followed the street code? Because the one who followed the legal code is going to win in the end if you have to go to the court. And the one who did the street code, oh. you SOL. So I just cover that type of stuff like that. Ooh. Wow. Ignorance is not a defense. Okay. Wow. 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 So, so one of my final questions, if you don't mind, you know, you, you, you mentioned, let's say some trials and tribulations. You mentioned kind of how you use your feet to get to where you are and leverage it to something, let's say that's bigger than you, right. And helping other folks. What advice would you give the younger version of you, right? What's something that the present day you would tell, let's say the teenage, you're in the college, wherever you want to go back in time, What's the advice you'd give you? It's all working together for your good. I would tell myself, don't, because the younger me 
Sometimes you just like, you know what? Why me? Those type of questions. I just want to give up. Um, Sometimes took different turns. But now, fast forward, I see, I see why me. I see why I had to go through that. I see why I can't, I couldn't just read that in the book. I had to actually experience that to bring a different level of power now. So I would tell the younger me, go through it. Be happy through this. Have gratitude for this worse because this worse right here is about to be the best for you and somebody else. Thank you. Uh, did, did you guys get that? Did you guys get that? That was amazing. It's that reflection, that reflection moment. Look, knowledge, what the knowledge is just knowledge. It's just information. You know, but until you apply it, that's and and have the experience, is that's when you become wise and then you're able to shed wisdom on other people. So thank you for that so much. Mm -hmm. Just just cannot can't study it, right? Yeah. Real life situation, you look at it. Remind me of law school. Like a lot of times, you know, there's things that we have to go through. So there's there's different type of steps, and you got to study and stuff in law school. But there's things that law school could not teach me that life taught me. And there was mm. no book I can go to to open it up. Right. It was the book of life. It was my experiential learning that brings that whole different power, that whole different zeal, and that whole different passion and thinking. Oof. Man, so, all right, so this is where we actually start to, I want you to dial in and look within yourself and then also be able to um, figure out, like, how would you handle a situation if you knew that you only had 72 hours to live? What would you tell your family? What would you tell your loved ones before you leave this planet Earth? What would I tell them? First of all, they know I love them, but I would tell them again. Mm. And I would tell them, we got 72 hours to get something right. We ain't got time to sit here crying because mm. what's about to happen in 72 hours is going to happen to every person that's existing right now on this earth. So mm. let's make this the best 72 hours to leave a legacy of impact because that's what I'm here for and let's move forward. Right to it. All right to it. Thank you so very much. Let's say any any final word from me, Alakisha. I know we that folks know how to find you. We had that going on the ticker as well. You know where people may find you, learn more about you, and obviously going on. Where can they find your book, Code versus Code? Where can they find that? Absolutely, that's going to be dropping. A pre-sale is September tenth, uh, twenty twenty, and then the full sale is October tenth, twenty twenty. When you go to the website, it'll have it's going to be on all platforms. All platforms is even going to be available via audio. For those who don't like to read, look, I'm not giving anybody a, a, a way out. Ignorance so, is not a defense. Not a defense. <laughs> it's important for you to know because we're now in a movement, not a moment. And mm -hmm. so I knew that I could not leave any stone unturned. I know some people who don't like to crack open that book, you can hear it when you're driving. So I'm going to give all um, um, access. But so go to the website to stay. Um, and, and tune to whatever I'm doing and with the book. So if you just want to follow what I have going on, it's a one-stop shop on my website. But right. the, the word I want to leave is, again, we're, we're, we're actually in a movement. 
and this is for everyone. This is whether it's allies, black people, whoever. It's it's time it's time to take advantage of what um, this universe has shifted for us. It's not one of those times I see it as really our third reconstruction that we're going through. The reconstruction era that we went through, civil rights, and now now it's, it's something bigger that's supposed to happen to shift this world. So to shift our community, shift our neighborhoods into communities, and to shift this world. And so we can't miss it. And the only way to do that is to empower yourself. We've got to stop looking outside of who we are. We are all, and I know we say, where's our leader? we got to find our leader. You are a leader. I know we have defined what that looks like, and there are different types of leaders, but the first leader is you. And mm. the only way to lead is to be empowered on how we can actually now shift change. No one's going to give you what you're asking for. You have to demand it, and then first give it to yourself. How can mm. we expect something of others that we're not expected to give of ourselves? Which means, how can we expect others to invest in ourselves? Mm. And we don't invest in ourselves. So first thing, we have to invest in knowledge, mm. and then we'll know how to have the correct conversations and stop begging for anything. Oof. Oh, my goodness. Man, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That This is the reason why I emphasize practicing mindfulness and meditation so much. Because just like you said, you have to see it within yourself. And if you can sit down and close your eyes and visualize it and see it in yourself over and over and over again, it's just like a magnet. You cannot see the force, but you know that there's a force right there whenever you put it next to another magnet and it attracts and man, and, and that is the key to being able to understand how valuable you are, how important you are, and how powerful you are. So look within, empower yourself. We are in a moment and we're in a movement, not a moment. Not a moment. <laughs> Have you ever got your new car or something happened where now all of a sudden you see the same thing over and over again? All of a sudden you see the red type of car or the yellow type of car or when I dye my hair purple, I see everybody look purple. Or that's a particular activated system. That's in our mind. What we're able to see is everything. Everything exists. Everything exists. Yes. But you only can see what your internal vision allows you to see. Mm-hmm. So that you have to turn that on in order to see all that exists and what's meant to exist for you. Wow. Don't wish for it. Work for it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, the, wow. Yeah, the collective conversation, and, and again, to echo your point as well, it reminds me that an angry mind cannot think. And while there are plenty of reasons to be upset and angry at different points in time, to be able to establish, recognize, and focus and gain clarity is where the will, the real wins happen. And that's exactly what you're speaking to, like that vision, that opening, that seeing the, the understanding the matrix, if you will, like refer back to the mix, right? Like being able to see through that and understand it happens when you look within. Yeah. Absolutely. And that true, 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 true anger. I know that we have hurt, but when we, when we feel absolutely angry is when you feel helpless. Mm. So when you're not, when you're in a position of power, you now flip that. And we, we could talk about the situation that happened in the cannon, for instance, right? So even they were upset, since there was power there, it didn't have to be true anger because that was put in check. So if we're ever trying to put something in check, 
you have we have to put ourselves in a position of power to do that. And that's where we don't have to escalate to this heightened anger because we can check whatever is going on. But we have to put ourselves in a position of power in order to do that. Oof. Look, look, viewers, if you are watching, please don't miss out on your opportunity to ask more questions. She is going to leave. And when she's gone, she's going to be gone. The only way that you can find her is on her website. And she has a book coming out. So you never know. She may sign the book for you and leave you a nice little note, but you will not get your question answered. Please ask any question right now before she le- before she leaves and flies out the door, okay? <laughs> Come on now. All right. We, we, we're trying to make sure that you get your questions in. If you have any more, look, we got to give a shout out to JoJo from Houston, Texas, Lake Belize, um, Shanita as well. Look, guys, don't miss on your opportunity to be great. She is dropping these jewels. I just want to say that. Elocation, I mean, you are doing so such amazing things. We want to support you in everything that you do. So make sure that you um, you, you get a chance to come back on the show at some point in time and just um, share you know, your book and all the incredible things that you're doing and all the incredible clients that you're representing. And I'm going to share your book. That's how to get your book. And I always try to find things to gift individuals. That's a must. Those are things that we have to circulate around and we have to support each yes. other. Yes, that's um, it. Each other that are, we're all contributing something yes. to that thing. And so yes. the only way we're going to build that whole puzzle, the dot, you guys remember the connected dots? Like when you're younger, you get to <laughs> one dot, you answer the question, you get to the next, and you went to see what that whole picture's gonna look like with the, after you connect all the dots. There's an amazing picture for us to see, mm. and we're all supposed to contribute by being each of those dots. And we have to help connect those dots to see what this amazing, amazing picture wow. wants to reveal itself to us, mm. and and only us, only we stop it, and then only we can make move it forward. It, it really is. I know, like, we, oh, it's cliche. No, it really. If you tried something one way for a long time, try another way. So those who that you think are just saying things that's foo-foo, try the foo-foo. If you've been trying the other way, we didn't get anywhere, right? So I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a living testimony of it. We're going to constantly go through things, but now I can see the things I go through totally differently. Um, and I know that they're for, it's for a bigger purpose. So I, I'm speaking from Elakeisha's experience, not just a book, not just what I hear. I'm telling you, I'm living it. Anyone who, who researches me, you can look all the way back. My representation precedes itself. It is consistent. The story tells itself. There's nothing that I, I have to make up. I'm absolutely transparent. And so for a person for me to go from A to where I'm at right now, so not at Z, it's not over. Where I'm at right now, I'm, these are things that I've learned and I tapped into. And I, I pray for us to do that collectively because we can move mountains if we do. Hey, they say that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, but yeah. I can feel your spirit right now. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I love it. Awesome, man. Prince, any final thoughts or words from you? Uh, my final thoughts is that I am just um, blessed to be blessed with your presence. You know, you are a gift to this world. So keep giving. And every day is, is Christmas for us. And I see, oh, we have one more. We have one more question. Yeah. Um, it's from my guy, Mike Irwin. He said, how do you think men should be supportive or advocate for women without getting in the way? 
Oh, that's a great one, Mike. Amazing. That is, you know what? The question is right on time. Thank you, first of all, Mike, for asking that question because this we're dealing with a crucial time right now where women do feel um, not supported. Uh, as Michael Mack said, what the uh, mistreated, unrepresented <laughs> women, neglected women of the world is because even look at the Brianna Taylor and um, Sandra Bland and let's go on of different um, women who faced some of the same things that we are all standing up and we're fighting for our black males in. And so we feel like sometimes women's voice do get lost. So I'm, thank you for asking that question. But how you can support is literally say our name. Mm. Don't get in the way. Say our name. Find mm. the things that we're doing and say, I'm supporting this queen doing that. The mm. same way we can hit 3.3 million views on WAP. With Cardi B and <laughs> Stallion, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about it. So when I bring this up, don't look. That's that's life, right? I'm just saying the same way you everyone knows how to gravitate to that. Know how to gravitate to other areas as well. When we also need you because we mm. have those 3.3 million on all ends. It don't have to be a dichotomy. We can have an Afrocentric mindset. It could be. And in both, not this or that. So you can support that, but also support all the things that those of us are doing. Say our name. Mm. What is out there? Mm. Mm. We'll Consistency. Spoke by a true champion. Oof. Thank you for that question, Mike. <laughs> Man. Amazing. You know, it's been an amazing time. And Prince, I know you said I uh, gave your final words. Yeah, I, I appreciate this conversation. I want to officially thank you, Alakisha, for, for joining us today and sharing your story, being so transparent and dropping so many jewels, a ton of quotable moments. So thank you for who you are and what you do. For those of you watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you share this if you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, share it anyway, because you're lying to yourself and to us. We want to make sure that it gets to the right ears and the right people. You can join us here next week on Game Beyond the Game Facebook Live, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you all so very much for being here. Be good to yourselves and the people around you. Peace. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.